0: White Rocket Entertainment, podcast number 786. This is Sonny Smith, and you're listening to the AU Wishbone. A great win. And then a tough loss. Where do we go from here? The AU Wishbone is next. Maybe. Question mark?
1: You're listening to the AU Wishbone, almost credible sports discussion on the White Rocket Entertainment Network. The Auburn crowd can smell it. They can taste it. They can almost see Minneapolis.
2: I'm not even hungry and I can taste it.
1: The Auburn Tigers, for the first time ever, are going to the Final Four.
0: From the Palatial White Rocket Studios in Southern Illinois and Eastern Virginia, it's the AU Wishbone Podcast. John, how are you tonight? I'm hanging in there. How you doing? Oh, I'm not good. I'm very <laughs> upset, John. Very angry. I'm, As you noted, my blood pressure is about a million over a million right now. We're going to try to get through the show, but my internet is terrible. Shout out to AT&T for taking my money and giving me crap service every week. Um... And never answering my questions, but we're going to go and get into this thing done as fast as we can before it goes out again, because I know, I just know it's coming. It's going to cut out again. The internet is going to cut out, and I'm going to be cut off from from the world. But I am your host, Van Allen Plexico, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, my long-suffering, ever-faithful uh, co-host.
2: I'm John Ringer, and it's been my internet at, at different times, too. So yeah. we, we've had... Uh, the history of technical difficulties in this podcast, we could fill two podcasts with it.
0: Oh my gosh, no kidding. And have, in fact. Um, yeah, they keep saying, you need fiber, and then, oh, you can't have it. So, you know, oh, there I am. Well, anyway, um, We're here this week to talk about a couple of basketball games, a really, 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 really good one and a really, really, really bad one and some other stuff. And then uh, a few other things going on that we will get into, a little bit of football news and a couple other things in a a sort of abbreviated show here, uh, depending on how long the Internet lasts. Um, The first thing we got to do, though, even before we do um, even before we do the um, the uh, fun meter. God, I can't find anything on my soundboard right now. It's just totally... Even it's not working. It's it's my brain not working. Before we even do the fun meter, though... I want you to put the word out there. we got to put the word out there that we are doing a book signing in Birmingham on March 8th at the Little Professor Bookstore in Homewood at 5 p.m. And then on Saturday at the Auburn Oil Booksellers from 1 to about 4.30 before the Georgia game. And uh, it's going to be two completely different events, really. But again, one on Friday, March 8th, one on Saturday, March 9th, before the Georgia game. So please, please come by and see us. We'll sign stuff you already bought. Uh, we'll sign stuff you buy at the at the event. We'll sign your dog. <laughs> we won't sign over a check for anything, but we'll sign almost <laughs> anything else. Um, but. Um, Uh, But that'll be cool. We'll we'll get to see folks and uh, get the book out. It's basically the the Friday night event at the Little Professor. We're going to have some kind of a discussion. That'll be fun. Maybe a celebrity guest. We're not sure yet. They're working on that. Uh, Maybe it'll just be us talking. Uh, I may even bring the mobile Wishbone recording studio equipment so we can go ahead and record our thing and put it up, right? Give it out to the patrons and then give it out to the folks. Yeah. And... um, And basically, that's going to be like the launch party. I think they're even going to have beer and snacks and stuff if you come to that at the Little Professor. So that'll be like the launch party for first time ever, which should go up, you know, available to folks after that. And then on Saturday, it'll just be a really cool thing in Auburn near Toomer's Corner where we'll get to meet folks and sign and sell the books there and then get to go see the basketball game. So I'm really, really, really looking forward to that weekend. It should be great.
2: Sounds fun. Please come see us. Looking forward to seeing all of you. That's right.
0: Don't make us look stupid by nobody showing up. That would not be cool. And I was telling my wife, I said, you know, the problem here is that the event we did on the Texas A&M weekend in Auburn just set the bar so impossibly high. We're never, we're never going to achieve that again. That was just insane. But we'll see
2: what you happens with this.
0: Well, you know the funny thing is, I feel like this book is going to be in more demand than that one was. That was for the basketball book, and we believed this time it's the basketball book, and, and first time ever. I think first time ever is the most in demand book we've ever done, but I just haven't heard from people really much saying they're they're interested in coming. So we're just gonna have to see if it. They're like they just they wrote it on their calendar and they're not talking about it. We'll see. But I'm looking forward to whatever we, whatever we do. Oh oh oh, and and we will have a very very few copies w- with the limited edition virginia double dribbled cover wow yep we're gonna have You're just not finding
2: a, that everywhere
0: no just a few copies of it and i'll try to hold some back for saturday in other words i'll have a few friday and a few saturday and when those are gone they're gone so you want to come early and, and and get ready to to grab that um I put it out on Twitter and I said, should we, should we have this? And it was just like 97% to three said yes. So, so we've got it. All right, come on out, spread the word, get the word out that we back up. And now I can't find anything on the soundboard tonight. I think that, ah, it's the Auburn fun meter. It's our weekly look at how much fun it is to be an Auburn fan this week. And honestly, this is the, this is the definition of,
2: Bipolar, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I should do a fun meter graph during yeah. the week, right? Yes. Was, so yes. Wednesday night it would have been like a nine. Yes. And Saturday night would have been like a two, two, one, yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. one and a half.
0: Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then Especially, Sunday,
2: yeah. when we got the news that it wasn't season ending, maybe it went back up a little bit. So a I'm going to say two and a half.
0: Yeah, I think. At a spot in time, yes, that's fair. I, I was really excited when we beat the brakes off of South Carolina, but I mean, come on. We knew at the time it wasn't like this team suddenly became great. This is just a very up and down team, and it's a and, and it's it's partly basketball itself is just like this, right? You have yes. really good yeah. games and you have bad games. But this is a team that when it can get working, when it can get it working, they're unstoppable. They've got. They've always got good defense. That's the thing. They've always got good defense. So they're going to hold you down. The question is, will they then destroy you offensively, or will they score even less than they're letting you score? Yes. And we saw both of those, right? We we held South Carolina down and then just scored all over them. We held Kentucky down and then couldn't even find a goal on our end of the court. Did I mean didn't didn't know there was a hoop? There was just a backboard with nothing there for like most of that game. So. How was the offense? I mean, I'm gonna get into it, but just in
2: general, how was the offense so bad against Kentucky? But let's wait to get into it because I think right. there's about five things. Okay. To answer this question.
0: All right. Well, that's good to know. All right. So now, so the, your answer is there's like five things, and we'll do it. Cool. That's fine. That's a good. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. All right. So the first question on the agenda then is how did you feel during and immediately after the Kentucky game? All right. Well, t- let's tee that up then. How did you feel? Because I could answer the South Carolina game, I was like, woohoo,
2: yeah, baby!" And South Carolina game was easy. It was yes, you know. But also, like, Kentucky is Kentucky, and you know, it was a big time TV game, and I was fired up for that game. And you're right. We I asked how you felt during the game because, like you said, mm. we came out and we couldn't throw the ball in the ocean, and. And, then, and we've
0: and we've seen that before. That's the thing, is that when mm-hmm. that happened, you're like, oh, not that again.
2: Oh no. Yeah. But even with that, we closed it to four in the second half with the yeah. ball. Yeah. And but then couldn't get any closer than that. And so it was tough. Uh I was unhappy with losing that game after it was over. And obviously Jalen getting hurt. I was, you know, I was down. Um certainly Duke is Duke. They're on-
0: Go. I had to get you a Duke as Duke in there. Um, there's only been one game I can think of where we did that terrible offensive performance and then turned it around, and that was the old Miss game.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: that was the one where they said, "No, we're not going to keep doing this." But every other time that it starts like this, it just it just seems to go like this. I, you know, we either can't miss or we can't hit, and this was a can't hit. And I mean. I just felt like, oh no. It's that. It's one of these again. It's one of these where everything we throw up, you know, bangs around and doesn't go in and we make Kentucky look like the greatest defensive team. Just like we did Alabama and Tuscaloosa. We made them look like the greatest defensive team that ever was. And it's I'm not sure how much is them and how much is us. I do think we're getting everybody's best defensive game. They're I, they're coming at us.
2: I think this is something that Auburn fans don't think about at all. But I think is really valid and true is that pe- other teams circle this Auburn basketball team on their calendar. Yeah. We're it. They're gonna give us their best effort. They're gonna be and they're gonna plan and strategize and do everything they can to beat this Auburn team and to spend extra effort on it than they wouldn't spend on other regular season SEC games.
0: I saw my colleague at the college today who's a Kentucky grad, and I said, Man, I feel like I just had my ass kicked. And he's like, Yeah. And he said, um, we were talking about it, and I said, um, I, I asked him, um, no, he said, he said that the Kentucky announcers and the Kentucky analysts and all were saying that Kentucky came out and um, and just played lights out. <clears throat> and he said, I didn't think we came out and played lights out. He said, I thought we came out and played kind of normal, but Auburn came out and played bad. And I said, that's exactly how I felt. And and, he, and I said, but your guys, you know, I, he, he named a couple of his guys that did really well. And I said, I said those guys played great. I said, how did y'all lose as many games as you have when those guys are that good? And he said, because they didn't play like that in the other games.
2: That was it, right? Well, and this is where I think Auburn played terrible, Kentucky played as well as it could possibly play, and mm-hmm. that was the result. Yeah. That was as well as – that's better than Kentucky. As you said, that's better than Kentucky has played in any game this season. And Mm. Auburn played its worst offensive game of the year, its Mm. worst home offensive game since before Jared Harper enrolled.
0: (laughs) Well, you asked about how I felt during and after the game. I think that even worse than losing a conference game, even worse than losing to Kentucky, what really hurt, was playing like that at home and losing that home winning streak.
2: Yes, agree.
0: That hurt. If we had
2: played like that at Rupp, I'd have been like, yeah, oh well.
0: Yeah, it happens every time. Yeah, the Final Four team lost by like 40 at Rupp, so that's not shocking. But to do that at home, where we've beaten them like since 2019, that was really disappointing. Um, all right, so Jalen Williams, we got to say. They they didn't go into a lot of specifics and they shouldn't. That's fine. But they said it was it was a non-season-ending injury, and I think he said it won't require surgery. So, what that means is we will get him back at some point. We just don't
2: know what point. They kind of hinted like before the post. Yeah. But what will he look like at that point? What will he, you know, how will he be moving and mm-hmm. how much explosion will he have and stuff? But yeah, um, it was great news. You know, oh, obviously, for sure. we, were all, we were all preparing for the worst. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, Bruce even said a team without Jalen Williams is going to, he says, that's a huge blow, and, and he says it's next man up. But still, you, it changes the whole, you know, it was pretty drastic. So, um, I mean, I, you know, this, this game caused me to reevaluate what this team is capable of, and I didn't want to have to do that, right? I, I wanted to think that this team would stay as good as it is at home and then get better in other environments. And instead, I'm afraid it's the other way around. It's still not good in other environments, and it's gotten worse at home. And losing Jalen Williams, they're just not going to be as good anyway as they were. So I feel like our final stretch of games here is not what we would have wanted it to be. We may not even get that top four in the SEC you know, thing now after this. It's very possible,
2: yes. I, I do think this this stretch of games is easier looking than we thought it was at the start of the year. You know, yeah, we do have to go to Tennessee, uh, you know, a week from Wednesday, but you know, we got Missouri's not great and we got Georgia twice and they've kind of fallen off a lot. So mm-hmm. Mississippi State at home. Um, so I, I did, like the Tennessee game is a, you know, w- even with Jalen Williams, that was going to be the toughest game of the year. Oh yeah. Um, but I, I mean the Georgia games and the Missouri game I feel like games we can win even without him, so
0: it's just a season that felt like it had such promise early. We've lost to Alabama, we've lost to Florida, we've lost to Kentucky at home, it's we lost to Mississippi State. It's it's just starting to feel like something's slipping away a little bit and this is turning into the, one of those years that's not as not as great as we would have liked. And I mean this doesn't have the feel to me. This, this team has always, all season, this team has felt to me like a good regular season team that could maybe win a couple of games in the tournament, maybe. And um, now it's starting to feel to me like two years ago a team that could play – a team that could dismantle mediocre to bad teams on a regular basis, but as this as this regular season goes on, starts to show some cracks and weaknesses, which is what that team did, and um, and struggles with shooting, and struggles when the inside game is taken away. So, I mean, I'm starting to worry this is going to be one of those teams that loses in the second round of the tournament. You know, they beat Winthrop or something, and then lose to whoever in the second round, and I. That's, I mean, you know, as we always say, we want them to get to the tournament, and winning a game, the tournament's great, and all that's fine. But you kind of want to see a good, a team that we think is really good do more than that. Yes. So, just disappointing. I don't understand it either. I don't understand it. But oh well. Um, So where do you see this team going now? I just gave you my estimate.
2: I mean, I think I still think this team could finish, you know, with in the top four in the SEC. All those other teams have to play each other. Um, you know, Alabama's got to play Florida twice and Tennessee and Kentucky and Rupp. That's a tough road to hoe right there. Yeah, that's what's left in their schedule. Um, and, you know, so the, it, there's other tough games for these other teams that are still out there. And I think that's going to even out. And I, I think the team that wins the SEC is probably going to have four losses. Um, oh, for, in conference. Sure. So, for sure. So I think. I think Auburn can you know, even if we lose at Tennessee, I think we could finish with the top four seed. and uh, I think we need to obviously pivot and figure some stuff out, you know, especially without Jalen in the short term. like what can we do and how can we change things to, you know, d- do things differently? Um, because Jalen Williams playing poorly has resulted in Auburn losing. Like it's it's a very easy indicate. There's two very easy indicators for Auburn basketball. Yeah, it's Jalen Williams offense and it's turnovers. Mm-hmm. And if if those if Jalen Williams has a bad night and we're turning the ball over, that's it. And so now Jalen Williams isn't there. Mm-hmm. Other players are going to have to pick up their game offensively to make up for what he is missing with hit yeah. with it with him not being there so i think some and we'll talk through that but i think some different guys are going to have to step up and make more plays than and more uh, than they have made before um especially on the offensive end so i think you know defensively i think we'll be fine i think he was a solid defensive player and a good rebounder but i think we can we can replace those easier but he was a you know a good inside and outside offensive player, we're going to have to have some other guys step up there.
0: I I, st- I still struggle with a lot of what this team does and tries to do and doesn't do. I, I don't understand why uh, Aiden Holloway doesn't take more shots inside the three-point circle. He's shown that he can hit them. He just doesn't try, really, it seems like. I don't understand why Trey Donaldson doesn't attack the basket even more than he does. He can make shots from anywhere on the court. Um, so I mean, I, you know, I, and I think that honestly, our new guys, our other new guys, the you know, Colorado Chad Jones, ba- and Chad Baker Chad Mazzara, B- Chaney Jones, Ma- Chad Baker Chad Mazzara Williams. does he does make the effort. That's the thing I love about him is he actually goes out there and and and. As a spark plug on defense, I mean the, the the two guys we have now that will go after the go after an offense are KD KD Johnson and, and Chad Baker Mazar. They are the two, they play lights out defense and they attack on offense, and I like that. I like that a lot. The other guys are more in that either stand around or chuck it from the three point line thing, and that bothers me. I feel like I feel like the new guys uh, like Denver Jones. And um,
1: the Cheney other,
0: Cheney Johnson. I feel like they have the potential to score, and they've been deferring to some other people like Jalen Williams. They need to step up now yes. and score. Yes,
2: yes, you're exactly right.
0: We've got scorers that just have not been trying even. So, all right. Well, um, the South Carolina game we wanted to touch on briefly. How did we just? I mean, I know that we played good defense, and we know that when Auburn plays really good defense, we can hold a team like South Carolina to 61. That's fine. How did we score
2: 101 points in that game? I think it was really just we were perfectly efficient on offense, right? Mm-hmm. We passed the ball well, we got open shots, and we just made them all. So it was yeah. a little bit kind of like like we talked about Kentucky, we couldn't throw the ball in the ocean. And South Carolina, we couldn't miss it. We couldn't, couldn't miss. miss it. Yeah. Like, uh, and but we also created a bunch of easy shots for ourselves, as you're saying, with the defense and turning that into offense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's a kind of a just a perfect storm of everything going right. And didn't you think toward the end, man? I wish we could put some of these points in the bank. I wish we weren't scoring them all tonight. We don't. We don't need to beat South Carolina by forty. I, Ten would be fine and give us thirty points in the bank. Well, just like
2: offensive output. Let's conserve a little bit of that good offensive juice or whatever and save it for Saturday, I agree. No kidding,
0: yes. Yeah, oh, man. But anyway, so um, if every team we played was South Carolina coming in with a big reputation and not able to compete, we'd be in great shape. (laughs) Unfortunately, they're not. I hope, uh, listen,
2: uh, you never know how things are going to work out, but I'd be happy if we saw them again in the SEC tournament.
0: Oh, amen. Yeah. I mean, it's all matchups, right? Basketball, more than maybe maybe any other sport, is so much – because you've only got five people out there, and so the way they match up is the game. And, you know, we That's just – for whatever reason, we matched up really well – with that team, they can do stuff to other teams, but they couldn't do it to us, and we couldn't do any. We could do no wrong. So, I also noted that we don't seem to shoot nearly as well after a three-day break as we do after a four-day break. If you notice, the games where we're on three days of rest, they short it. They hit the rim a lot. The games where they've had four days of rest, they knock it down. So, we come out against South Carolina after four days, we can't miss. We come out to Kentucky after three days. On Saturday, and we can't hit. So I, you know, I, I feel like we should be back to South Carolina form after a whole week off. I mean, you know, I, I hate it for Georgia on Saturday. We're gonna rock and roll like a like a machine. But <laughs> but uh, but then if we turn around and play, you know. Uh, if we play somebody from Wednesday to next Saturday, then we're going to be. Hope, hopefully, it's that Tennessee game because they're going to beat it, us anyway. It is that Tennessee See? game. See, fine, fine, okay. We'll lose to Tennessee <laughs> 105 to nothing instead of 105 to 60. That's that, who cares? What loss is a loss? And then get that out of our system and take care of Georgia and, and, and Missouri at the end, and let's go into the tournament. So. Well anyway, so 70 to 59. I was hoping we could keep them under in the 60s so it wouldn't look quite as bad cuz they they dominated that entire game and we we made runs, you know.
2: We did. We lost by 11, but also we held them to 70. This is a team that mm-hmm. averages 90 yeah. and has scored, you know, 90 or more on most SEC teams. They scored like 105 on a bunch of SEC teams. Holding them to 70 is not a small thing.
0: Right. And, and they were lucky to get 70. I mean, we had them in the yeah. 60s until like the last few seconds. So,
2: Well, and you asked why Auburn's offense was so bad. So I want to just go right to it. Hmm. Number one is turnovers. Yes. Okay. We turned them over a ton in the first half when we couldn't make shots. They got 15 points off turnovers, and we lost by 11. <laughs> At
0: one point, they had over two points per turnover from yeah. us. That's
2: that's not good. And, and they converted, you saw how quickly they went from defense to offense and mm-hmm. converted turnovers into points. We did not do that to them. Against Kentucky, mm-hmm. we could not get turnovers and then turn them into points. It did not happen. Right. And that so we didn't get any easy points. Every every offensive stretch and the other thing I think is you know, Bruce and his staff are really good at scouting other teams and preparing for them defensively and, and what we want to do on offensive stuff. And I think Kentucky had scouted us well and said, this is what we want Auburn to do on offense. These are the shots we want Auburn to take, and these are the players that we want Auburn to have take them. And that is exactly what happened. Kentucky was like, if that guy's out there, fall back. Guard the other guys. Let him shoot it. And they did that uh, multiple times in that game, and you saw who was shooting and who was open. And at the same time, we got zero dunks in that game. We mm-hmm. got no easy layups. They fouled us constantly in that game, and the refs called a few of them. We did not get any oh. good, clean shots. The and ref the other, here's
0: the refereeing in this game was terrible, by the way, yeah.
2: So then, and, you know, Chad Baker-Mazar gets hit, goes off the court. Mm-hmm. Jalen got hurt and left the game. Trey Johnson Trey had four fouls and played eleven minutes in this game. So our starting point guard played eleven minutes in a game where we were where again because he wasn't in there, they had to scramble. and because Jalen got hurt, and then because um Chad Becker Mazar got hurt, the playing rotations were all screwed up. Oh, and K- were not- KD had four fouls right after halftime. That's it, and so the playing rotations were screwed up. Players were playing with players they were not used to playing with mm-hmm. for extended stretches, and the and the this we were out of sync completely. Yeah. And Trey has been the guy all, all season who calmed us down on offense, got us in the right sets so that we executed, mm-hmm. and he didn't have a good game, and he only played eleven minutes, so he couldn't exert that influence. So that really. That really impacted the offense, I think. So I think it's all of those things together. And I think they did a good job. I felt good in the pregame when I saw that their best inside guy was hurt and didn't play. I Mm. thought that was a good sign for Jani and Jalen. But their backup guys played really well. That audienceu guy was a good shot blocker. And they rebounded well, and they gave us nothing, no easy shots inside.
0: Oh, they collapsed down and double teamed any time the ball went to uh, went to, to Janai, And we couldn't make the outside shots to make them pay for that. That was just what yes. was galling, was that we'd get guys open and make the pass and miss over and over and over. Bonk, bonk. I was just screaming. I couldn't stand
2: and, it. And so this is where I'm going to say the other thing. Some of the South Carolina game and some of the Kentucky game is just, as what you said at the beginning of this podcast, it's the variance of a long season of basketball, where some days it's just all going in and the basket looks huge, and some days you can't hit anything. And there was a little bit of that going on, too, where Auburn had good shots, wide-open shots, and could not make them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nobody could. Nobody could hit it. I mean, if there had been one person we could have gone to, we could have just, you know, the hot hand thing. But there was no hot hand. <laughs> Nobody, well, had a again, then, Nobody had hand, Jerry.
2: Nobody had hand. There was no hot hand. And then the guys that could have turned into the hot hand, Kentucky was not going to let them do it. Mm-hmm. They were not going to let Chad shoot, and they were not going to let Jalen or Janai get in position to get good shots.
0: That's true. And they really did. I mean, they discovered that. And it was it was a it was a really a tale of two halves in terms of the officiating. It was like they went from not calling anything and the street fights breaking out and nearly killing us, to then calling everything and 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 both teams nearly fouling out the whole bench. I mean, I, it was just bizarre. They couldn't decide. You know, they'd call somebody get their head chopped off and they wouldn't call a foul. Then they'd turn around the next play on the other side and and call a
2: touch. Yes. Oh, there was a couple where. The- Nobody touched anybody and they called. Yes. Oh, gosh. Yeah, there was a complete phantom foul. I think it was Dylan, maybe.
0: Didn't even touch the guy. He was just like, Are you kidding? Maybe KD, maybe Dylan, one of the two. But anyway. Dylan is tall KD sometimes.
2: (laughs) Yes. So. Some of I want to give Kentucky a little credit that is yeah. the best as you said earlier that's the best they played on defense just like Alabama against us at Tuscaloosa mm-hmm. was the best they had played on defense mm-hmm. Kentucky played better they played harder and more physical they've been very soft this year and uh we got their best shot yeah we did and it you know we couldn't overcome it
0: no yeah. all right we had game day on campus um, that was pretty cool it's uh it's too bad they got to witness something that bad. I hate when the – I hate when we – this is such an Auburn thing, right? To put ourselves in a position for some level of greatness and then have it kind of like go to crap. I just – that's the most frustrating thing, and yet it's such an Auburn thing, and we're all used to it, and we hate it. We don't have to like it, but we just – there it is. It was just frustrating. And then you had a note about the Kentucky players. Or did we already cover that?
2: Uh, we may have I already covered we, it. I mean, yeah. I think – they. Kentucky has some NBA guys, right? I mean, the a couple of those big guards that could Reeves, you know, that uh, uh, Pritchard or whatever. That guy, I mean, yeah, Dillingham. Those guys are really good players, and they're tough to stop. And they get going, and, they get um, and and I think, and I think their size and their quickness and their athleticism caused us real problems on offense, leading to turnovers. So, yeah,
0: that's it. Um. Yeah, I did have a note that we always seem to get the best defensive performance of the season from teams that are not known for playing defense, and we make them look like all-stars. And I don't think it's because we play bad offense necessarily entirely. I think that they really do give us their best defensive performance. I think that's what they do. You know, they. It may be that these coaches look at Auburn and say, this is a team that is really, really good, and you can get a lot of credit for beating them, but they're beatable if you can do certain things to their offense, and that's what they've done.
2: I, but I also think there's a lot of teams in the SEC that for an Alabama or Kentucky, they're just like, you can roll out of bed and outscore score these teams and it'll be fine. But you can't do that to Auburn. You're going to have to play some defense or it's not going to matter what you do on offense because they're yeah. going to hold you down.
0: That's right. Um, all right. So we've got no game on Wednesday, which is the best opponent we've had in a while. Looking forward to that one. And then, uh, I feel like we'll come back strong after this break. We've got at Georgia on Saturday, the twenty fourth, uh, five o'clock central, six eastern on SEC Network. What do we? I mean, we haven't seen Georgia yet this year against us. We've got two games coming up with them, home, uh, away, and then home. What do we know about Georgia?
2: They started out again. They hired. Remember, they hired the coach away mm. from Florida in the off season, and Florida because Florida fans were like, okay, yeah. Bob. That's fine. Yeah, you know, enjoy. And then they hired Golden and they're perfect. We see why. They're they're mm-hmm. in better shape, right? But yeah. this but Georgia was terribly coached and had, you know, terrible relationship with the players and the new coach is much better. Like mm. Florida was tired of him, but Florida thinks of itself as a national championship caliber team. Right. And Georgia just doesn't want to be in the basement. Mm. And they're not, you know, great, but they're not terrible, right? I mean, they have yeah. improved. Um they've they're more competitive and at the beginning of the year they were looking oh we're frisky uh but kind of like lsu
0: not. they started out thinking there were a little bit of something going on there and then it didn't really work out the way they thought that's exactly although, it although lsu did beat somebody who, who did lsu beat the other day they beat south
2: we? carolina the other day I think. oh
0: god south carolina don't turn around now and make our win look bad knuckleheads get good grief i guess so, everybody's going to get the blueprint from what we did to them now and know how to beat south carolina yeah.
2: I, Georgia start Georgia uh, started off the SEC year and they went two and two. Yeah. Or uh, no, they went um four and two to start the SEC year, and since then they've lost six in a row. Oh, okay. Well that's a little bit So better. they're they're dropping off rapidly.
0: I remember that they played, was it Alabama they played really well at, for a while and then they kind of blew it at the yeah. end or something? Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's basketball. I don't know what else is going on. Um, we've got a little bit of football news, really just Cadillac. Uh
2: the rumor is that he is taking a coaching job as the running back coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, so happy for him.
0: Can't blame him for taking that. I mean, come on.
2: No. No. That's and awesome. uh happy for him and and uh be we'll be cheering him on when we see them play. That's it.
0: All right. Um want to remind you again i talked about at the the top of the show but the book signing march 8th and 9th this is i didn't really talk about the book but this is for first time ever the story of the 1989 iron bowl and that's the book that has that we did a kickstarter for before christmas but this is the official book launch for it it'll be on amazon and everything barnes and noble and whatever after that but it's um It's the story of how Auburn first got undefeated Alabama to come to Auburn to Jordan Hare and then we beat them. And it really is kind of a quick history of the Iron Bowl from eighteen ninety three to the to the to the to nineteen eighty nine. It gives you the you know, we we break everything down in order to figure out why Alabama hadn't been coming, why they thought they didn't have to come to Auburn. And what Auburn had to do to make them, and, and I mean it, make them come to Auburn. So that's that. We'll also have the basketball book, which is Auburn Basketball from Barkley to Bruce, which covers, basically it starts with the, the end of the previous coach, Davis, I want to say. And, we, and then there's the brief bit about, uh, about Paul Lambert, the SIU coach that came and was, and was killed. And then we get into Sonny, and we have a brand, you know, we have a new for that book interview with Sonny Smith. And um, we kind of go in-depth on every season, more some more than others, all the way up through the Jabari Smith-Walker White— I mean, not Walker White, Walker Kessler—season Kessler of 2022. Yeah. Yeah. So come on out to Little Professor in Homewood Friday, March 8th at 5, or Auburn Oil Booksellers in Auburn on Saturday at 1, and it should be a good time. Uh, let's see. We got to thank the patrons. This program— uh, is presented to you by our patrons they keep the lights on in our studios and keep things going um, they 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 keep holding up their end of the deal on our internet connection. It's AT&T that keeps letting us down not the patrons so we appreciate the patrons and as always I point out that as a patron you can put whatever you want they give you quite a long blank space to put your name in and people put all kinds of interesting things in to their name, and I read them. And sometimes it's a prompt from the soundboard. So, without further ado, here are the folks who went to www.auwishbone.com and clicked on the big orange button to become a patron. Uh, They include Samuel Salvatore, who says, Tonight's forecast... Tonight's
1: forecast. A freeze is coming.
0: ...with Pearl White Snoo. And Carl Von Drunker, Chris and Clinton Stewart, Dr. Crackham. Logan Chilton, who says that when he heard "Rule Britannia was removed from the soundboard, he said, no! no! This is me during the Kentucky game. No! <laughs> no, I'm devastated. I'm devastated! This is after our first shot that right missed. This is the worst! Yep.
2: This is the worst! That's it. Those that, Kentucky that was... vet students were celebrating right in front of me. Oh, the Kentucky
0: vet! We hate them. Ooh, I hate
2: the Kentucky vet students. Oh, with a burning
0: passion, with a burning passion. I can't stand the Kentucky, the Kentucky vet students that take up all the room in the state in the in the coliseum. Or used to, at least they used to. Um, uh, let's see, Logan, yeah, uh, Sam, uh, where are we? There we are, Ann Pridgen, Bill Weathers, Bradley Blackman, David, WDE Salmons, Esquire, Earl Ricks, Eric Morgan, Gary Grant, a.k.a. AU Fan at KSC, and 2023 AU Wishbone NCAA Basque, uh, Bracket Challenge Champion. Okay, so Gary is our was our champion last year, and we've got the new one coming up in just a few weeks. Looking forward to it. Bring it on, Gary. Uh, if Carol Shelby, <laughs> I always enjoy these. If Carol Shelby would have seen the South Carolina fan base on Wednesday, he would have said, I don't speak Italian, but he ain't happy. That's the truth. Uh, not too much happier after the LSU game either. Matt Flowers, Michael Kirshner, Phil Amthor, who reminds us, no. No! No! Let it go. I'm still upset about no, Kentucky. No! Calipari and all this of them. That's the worst. No. That's the truth. That's the truth. Uh, Richard Stevens. <laughs> poor Richard has to follow that. Uh, starting July 12th, Win Carroll has a message for all the gamers. NCAA Football 24, and that is. I
1: am the only daddy you got. I am the damn paterfamilias. I
0: used to. I don't know. I I was pretty good at NCAA football. I never was good at the at the Madden,
2: but. I will be buying the college football of the day. It is available.
0: Yeah, you know, here's the thing about me and video games like that. At the last 20 years or so, if I had something like that, I would just put it computer versus computer and watch it. I'm I'm not interested in having to do anything. I just want to know what happens. You know, so I'm, you know, when Brandon Marcello would do YouTube videos of him of his own video game playing that, I just turn that on and watch it. Like, oh cool, it's a game. So I'm not interested in having to like pick the plays and crap. I just want to see what happens. I there was a time when I'd want to go in and you can des-
2: do the recruiting thing and then just simulate the season.
0: Too. Yeah, see I don't want to do any of that. I there was a time when I would have wanted to design the own play I remember we had a computer game years ago when we were in Auburn where you could actually build your own plays and everything. I love that cuz I drew up a whole lot. I had a I had an entire offense. It was awesome. I had my own special offense. And um everything now is just way too complex. You, you just all it, it's all just way too complicated now and I just don't have any interest in it. So, there you go. But it's it, fair. You know, I if I had the video system, I'd probably get that game just for that game, but well, anyway, Steve Trewick Susan Trewick, Trombone Tiger, Willie Carden, Alex Brown, Auburn footballs, Elvis, Ben Bloodworth, bleeds orange and blue, Bob Wde Salmon's Esquire, A.K.A. Seventy Six Tiger, Sleazy Shyster Four,
1: Joe's Barbecue Foot Massage,
0: and again, we have almost their entire office staff in our patrons, which is awesome. Chad McDowell, Chris Hilton, Chris Thrash, Daniel Odom, did you hear that the devil is going bald? Yeah, there's going to be hell to pay. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Ouch. They just get better dot 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 question mark every week. Question mark? I know. Every week they get better. <sighs> I, I look in here, and I see that people are putting dad jokes here, and I just say, you know. Then so be it. So be it. Lord. That's it. What can you do? Bobby, Harry Zagger, H-Town, Danny, In Home You, Jacob and Robin Fleming, John Ringer for president. I got to put the freaking uh, hail to the chief on here for that one for you, John, because somebody wants you to be president. Uh, Catherine. God and, wills it. God, you should be president <laughs> if. God wills it. <laughs> that's right. Uh, Catherine England, Kevin Smith, Lane Middleton, Mickey B. Miss. Uh, oh, oh, this is. I always try to read this, but I'm actually going to try it, doing it this way. Frosty! There we go. A little change up. A little change up with the portals. No one fights like Gaston. Not me sitting here getting my hopes up. Amen to that. I know. I, I, that's how I feel. I'll go Rhythm and Blues, Paul Miles, Rhodesian Mudflap. It's, it's another week. It's another installment of the Rhodesian Mudflap. I'm starting to think maybe that's like instead of a drink, maybe it's like a genetic condition. Bob, I'm afraid you've got Rhodesian Mudflap. How long do I have, doctor? <laughs> oh, it's bad. Have you been in the third world lately eating out? Because I'm afraid you've got a severe Rhodesian mud flap. (laughs) (laughs) We may have to operate. Oh man, (sighs) that just gets better and better. Quarantine for a while. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I don't want to catch it. (laughs) 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 The, The only cure is kahlua, man. That's the only cure to drink massive quantities of kahlua. I know, bring it. it on. Bring it on. I tell you. Rich Rhymer, that's another sound. I need to get I need to get John Kerry saying bring it on. That's another one. I like the little political sound clips from all over the political spectrum. Rich Rhymer, I've probably said three times now. Uh, Rusty Owen, Steve Harlan, Theodore Gary, Todd Robinson, Wade Ward. we got a couple of new folks this week. Welcome aboard. Uh, Wade Ward, Walker White, QB1, says... I'm
2: afraid that my condition has left me cold to your pleas of mercy.
0: And speaking of which, WD, Richie, Walker White for QB1. Well, I, you know, it's one of those things where if it works out, awesome, but you hate that it would come to that. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Wes Atkinson, William Morgan, Winston Body, Auburn Blue, Bama was grabbing face masks like it was a national title from the 1920s. Amen. Blake Heron, Boris the Tiger, what? Brandon Smith, Charles Mooney, Corey Smire. Boris was wearing his uh, his rally hat during the Kentucky game, but it didn't work. Obviously, you know how Albie has the hat, the baseball hat with his own picture on it. So mm-hmm. Boris has a baseball hat with his picture on it. He's very proud of it. It didn't work though. David D., David Simpson, first sleaze, and now can just hire Bryles as OC and be done with it. That's certainly one view. Josh Teal, Kevin Mahan, Luther and Kelly Ottaway, Mandy Thompson, Melissa Blackstone, Papa Todd, Patrick Williams says... Whether
2: you like it or not, learn to love it, because it's the best thing going today. <laughs> Woo!
0: Uh, Philip Martin, Randall Walker, Rob Morgan, Russell Milling, Sarah Hines, Sasquatch, Shane Bailey, Shannon Butson, Stephen Houston, Tim Pittman, Timothy, Tony Perry, wiggle 87 Woody the Jag, at the Mad Reaper Pepper Company on Instagram. A few more patrons left Alex Wynn, A.U. Falling Up, Barls Charkley, Ben Amos, Ben Regis, Chris Como, Chris Braun. Clay Henson, Construction Tiger, Daniel Barnett, Daniel Witten, Darren Pyle, Elizabeth Donald. We, uh... We gotta get better at celebrating. I am Tiger, evil HR director. So you're responsible for this, Tiger. You're responsible for having half of your staff on our soundboard at...
2: Jones Barbecue Foot Massage!
0: I'll buy this for a dollar. James Taylor, Jim McCrory, John Otsuki, Joey Miller, JT Jarhead, Justin Bean, Kenneth Brent Reigns always reminds us that the barbecue... You have failed me for the last time. A.K.A. Auburn Dead for life. Mark Squire, MVP captivating Kathy Bright. This is where I usually flip a coin and go... You
1: don't have any friends. Nobody likes
0: you. Uh, New York Tiger has... Again, been accused of harassing the masseuse at.
2: Joel's barbecue foot Massage.
0: Got to talk to HR. We can cook you up. He's an, also a patron. Uh, the HR is going to say the HR director listens. He does. Uh, Paul, or she, Paul Bankson, Rich Hammett, Royce Alvarez, Russell Souther, Ruth and Darren Sutherland, Spanky, I'm the bottom of this list because. Translation!
1: a for while you can, the monkey boy.
0: Sports Illustrated's Auburn Elvis, Stephen Thompson, Steve Bailey, Steve Spurrier wants to know when you guys will do a coloring book. Um did I he get, do one? that's
2: a that's a joke about Spur It's Spurrier's joke about making fun of Auburn, like the library burned down and they lost ten
0: coloring uh, books. Oh, I get it. That was that, that you had to turn a couple of turns yeah. to, to get to that one. So cool. Okay, I get it. Uh Slinko family, Tim Sauls, Trevor Johnson, Brent Rumple's are one time, anonymous donors. And we thank you all. Go to www.auwishbone.com. And now...
1: Hello, Van, John, the rest of the AU Wishbone family. This is Jared Albrecht, the Yard Sale Artist, with Guest the Game number 114. This episode of Guess the Game is brought to you by David Garner. He sent this in, so let's give it a listen. Here's... Handoff off sweep, left side. He's got some room, and he's got some speed. Touchdown, Auburn, 70 yards. All right, guys, I'll see you in the hint file. All right, the
2: announcer was? That was Vern. Yep, that, so that was the CBS, big-time CBS game. There it was Vern. a a sweep to the left. Mm-hmm. He's got some speed. A seventy-yard run. Is this the play from the LSU game that we discussed a couple weeks ago?
0: It's got to be. I, I yeah. I think it's got to be Ontario Michaela beating LSU with the sweep. Everybody remembers Cam's run from like the fifty, but this is the one that just broke LSU's back. It was so, so good. Two
2: thousand ten LSU. Two thousand ten LSU
0: at Ontario, home. Ontario Michaela. Ontario McCaleb. I, th- I feel very confident. Let's go to the hint file.
1: Here we are, are in the hint file. It. Let's get rid of those bleeps and give it a listen again. Here's Newton. Hand-off sweep. Left side. Ontario McCaleb. He's got some room. And he's got some speed. Touchdown, Auburn. 70 yards. Okay, guys. I will see you in the answer file.
0: I, that was a great call. Good good job by you. And I want to point out, too, I love when we were reminded that that 2010 team wasn't just Cam. No, it wasn't. No. I, I mean,
2: a, I, there were a lot I, I of players. I was going to say, that. I I feel like Vern saying he's got some speed was a little bit of a, a giant hit in that clip.
0: <laughs> it didn't <laughs> it hurt. Just, right. No, that's right. All right. So, yeah, that's what it was. I like that if it's if Cam Newton made the handoff, we automatically know what year it was because he only played
1: one year. So, But it was a heck of a year. All right, John Van, if you guys piece together that this is Auburn playing LSU in 2010, then of course you figured it out. David thought he'd send in a play from that game that wasn't, you know, the famous play from the game and see if you guys could piece that together. Oh, yeah. I have all the faith in the world in you. And if you're a listener that wants to be like David and send in a play for Guess the Game, you can reach me in a variety of locations. I am on X and Facebook and Instagram, and it's all at Yard Sale Artist. Or you can reach out to me directly at Jared, that's J A R R O D, at theyardsaleartist.com. Until next time, Van John Woolery. Bre- yeah, that was, that was
0: good. I, I, I like the idea of doing one that's not that play, right? Yeah. Um, that was so yeah, thank, that was good.
2: Thank you, David. Thank you, Jared. That was a fun one.
0: The, yeah. The, the The thing is, that play is just instantly recognizable for the reasons that you that you mentioned. So yeah. All right. And now we'll see. Thank you. Order questions
2: to the prime minister.
1: It's time for listener questions. Start on on the AU Wishbone podcast. It's a drop
2: What do we got? All right, first question from Samuel Salvatore. He was written no, Sam. Uh, immediately post-South Carolina game. Mm-hmm. He says, hello, guys at War Eagle. Does it seem like Neville Arena supplies Michael's secret stuff for our team? They look like the Toon Squad in the second half when they play at home. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, Until, yeah. Pretty darn good.
0: Uh, yeah, up until Kentucky. That again, that's why I was just so disappointed with that game. Was I wasn't just as, I wasn't so much disappointed in terms of the SEC uh, regular season championship or the seeds or whatever. I just hated seeing us lose at home because I was really enjoying the fact that we once we were yeah. the only undefeated team at home until that point. So yeah, yeah. And especially to a team that really was it wasn't the best team in the SEC. Again, like you said, if it had been Tennessee, I'd be like, yeah, you know, they've been a juggernaut. But Kentucky's lost a bunch of games. I, how do they come in there and but it's like my f- my friend at work said they hadn't played like this until this game. Yeah, and
2: we'll see if they is this did they flip a switch and they're going to continue to play like that, or was this an aberration and they're going to go back to playing crappy? And and it, and it being Kentucky, there's every chance that it could be the former. Yes. So we'll see. All right, our next question is from uh, Michael Wood, and this is what he says he uh, he says I truly love the podcast. I've been listening since 2013. I almost always agree with at least one of you, if not both. On the podcast two weeks ago, you discussed the hiring of DJ Durkin. It's the first time I could say I was truly disappointed in you guys. Mm. To compare what he was involved in Maryland to cheating or paying players is not a comparison that can be made. He's hired. Uh, it was he hired and was definitely aware what the strength coach was doing. Um, This hiring to me is icing on the cake of a person who's not qualified to lead our team. All that being said, I've absolutely loved all the podcasts that you put out in the world and I look forward to listening to more. Thank you for taking time to read my thoughts that you really didn't have to Michael Wood. So I, I want to say two things. One is I think, you know, I hear what Michael's saying and I think he's correct. I think part of what we were talking about at the time because I thought about this was, mm-hmm. too. We were not talking about what the different coaches did and comparing, you know, what DJ Durkin did or what Freeze did or what Bruce Pearl did or other play, other coaches in terms of the severity of their things. We were talking about Auburn hiring coaches and the perception or feeling of you know how Auburn fans should feel about that when coaches have been through things and been hired, and so. If we made it seem like we were saying those things are the same, then yeah, you know, we were wrong, and I was wrong in saying that. So. Yeah, no,
0: I, I I took that very seriously, and and let me just say, I appreciate him contacting yes. us. We 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 never run and hide from stuff. We want to you know confront it and and see you know this kind of thing, and 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 we think about it. It we're you know we're conscientious about it. So, um, I don't, I mean, I just don't know enough about the guy. I haven't done deep research on it. I know what people were saying in the media, but I know what people said in the media about other coaches and other situations with other issues that aren't comparable necessarily, but just in terms of being controversial right so you know i mean i don't I don't claim to know everything about it so
2: well, but I think part of part of what he was saying was this is a much more regardless of this of the whatever you think about d j Durkin and his Right. What, you know, level of responsibility. Okay. It is a much more severe situation than getting on probation for buying a kid a hamburger or whatever. Right. Sure. Uh, and so we can't put them in the same basket and call them apples. Yeah. Okay. Sure. All right. Uh, next question is from uh, Josh Corbett, who says Boris, Van, and John, what? I hope all is well with everybody in your families. No long and drawn observation this week. Just a couple of questions. One, being the Vegas odds for wins next season. I sent y'all the tweet of the odds, and I'd like for you to know your thoughts on everyone in the SEC. And I'm going to read these to Van and get his reactions in a moment. I remember we were like
0: 7.5, right? That stuck out to me.
2: Yes. And then the second part of his question is, what percentage chance do you give Cam Coleman to break the all-time receiving record in Auburn for yards?
0: Well, let me answer that one first while it's on my mind. Good. Not highly because of today's world, where the transfer thing and leaving early and all that i I think that 20 years ago he could have done it now. I don't think I just I mean it would be great. I hope I'd love to see it, you know I would love to see it.
2: I, I think I think he could set the single season yes yard, but I don't know about the career thing right yeah all right yeah, i'm gonna, i'm going I'm going to read these quickly. The win totals for next year that are uh, up on one of the sports books, and you're going to say over, under, or that's right. That's the right number.
0: Okay. So when ready? I say over, I think that it will that the team will will win more games than what he's saying yes. what you're saying. Yes. Okay.
2: You're, I'm, uh, you're making a prediction based on this. And This okay. is not the barbecue episode.
0: This is not. Yes. We're we just, always preface. We're having
2: fun in. Mar- we're having fun in February.
0: We just two little country kids outside misbehaving. We're not actually. Okay. Uh, yeah.
2: All right. Georgia, 10 and a half. Over. Texas, 10 and a half.
0: Under. They'll do Alabama, under.
2: 9 and a half. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I have mean, an answer Georgia here. Just, I, just, man, I, that I, one.
0: I just want to laugh at the idea of Alabama number being – there's been years Alabama's number was 12, right? Yes. And I just, I just want to laugh at the thought that Alabama's number is 9 and a half right now. I You
2: know – it's hard. It's so hard to say under We're that. Put a pin in this one. We're going to come back to it. Okay. All right. Yeah. LSU nine and a half.
0: They're not going to win ten games.
2: Heisman lost Heisman Trophy winner and two NFL receivers on offense. Yeah, they're not turned gonna over win ten. the whole defensive staff.
0: They're not going to win ten games. That's Missouri
2: nine and a half.
0: <sighs>
2: That's too it, high. It didn't happen again. No. Old Fluke. Miss nine and a half. Fluke. Old Miss, Miss what nine and a half? Nine and
0: a half. That's about right. I mean, if anybody Experience. could, if anybody other than Les Miles could figure out how to win half a game, <laughs> it's him.
2: Yes. Um, Tennessee eight and a half.
0: No, they're not going to win nine. They're going to win eight.
2: Texas A and M eight and a half.
0: No, they're not going to win nine. See, that's when they. It's all these halves, you know, and so it's like, is it going to be over the half or under the half? And I think. Eight is kind of the maximum. I haven't looked at the schedule. This is just me getting a, giving a sense of I what mean, I think of these teams. This is
2: your spidey sense in February. Yes, yes,
0: yeah. I mean, if it turns out A&M is playing the Citadel 12 weeks in a row, I'm wrong. But I feel like in a normal schedule year, A&M, this A&M team is not going to win more than eight games.
2: All right, agree. Auburn, seven and a half.
0: God, that's unfortunately about right. I think maybe eight. Maybe Agreed.
2: eight. Oklahoma, seven and a half. That's too low. Agree. Kentucky six and a half. That's too low. Seven. Yeah. Uh, well, again, there's remember there's no SEC East to protect them anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is all the SEC East teams that you should go down on, go under on because the SEC East <sighs> schedule has covered their rear, soft rear end Dad, for 20 years. That's gone.
0: so important. What you just said, John. If any, if there's a takeaway from this show. If there's two things our listeners should take away from this show, they both came from you tonight. All right, I'll give it up. You have you have had two powerful statements. One, you broke down how Kentucky beat us, and that was brilliant. And then you just pointed out that Kentucky and the other SEC East patsies will not be in their little circle jerk this year. They'll have to actually play real teams, and it's not gonna happen the way it has been. Boom. Ding, ding ding Man. That's that's so important when you're when you're looking at predicting this this schedule. The barbecue I hope the barbecue realizes that. It does.
2: All right. Arkansas five and a half. I <laughs>
1: don't <laughs> oh, no, Arkansas five and a half.
2: You know who their offensive coordinator is. Do you remember this? Oh I remember.
0: Like they drove Bobby up on
2: Petrito. the, drove up on the motorcycle.
0: I saw the SEC shorts about it, right? Where the, where the, what the, the the teachers like? That's not who I think it is. It's it? And he's like, oh yeah, he's back. Five. Oh, now I think they might win six. Florida five and a half. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> There's times that the world is good. And when the Gators are looking at a five-and-a-half spread, I'm – Listen,
2: if they start poorly and they – what if they fire the coach in midseason? They can go oh, under that number. Man. They
0: just, this is just a dream scenario. I, again, I think they could win six. These crap teams could win six. I'd have to look at the schedule. I mean, this is just
2: off the top of my head, so yeah. South Carolina five-and-a-half. Uh, they might be a five. Yeah, again, tougher. No more SEC East. And to mm. still got Clemson, and I think they play a tough game in the, in the side clips uh, uh, Clemson.
0: Imagine if you're South Carolina or Kentucky or Vanderbilt, and you look at that schedule and you see, like, Alabama, LSU.
2: And they've all got either Texas or Oklahoma.
0: Texas, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Auburn, instead of Vanderbilt, Kentucky, South Carolina, oh, my gosh, Florida. Oh, man.
2: All right, Mississippi State,
0: four and a half. And, by the way, you're right, because Missouri's been enjoying that little situation they sure enjoyed it last year. They ding, ding, ate ding, ding. hearty at the buffet last year, and that buffet <laughs> is closed. That buffet, that Golden Corral is closed up. It ain't happening this
2: time. All right, Mississippi State, four and a half.
0: Yeah, four is about right. Yeah. I'm going there.
2: Vanderbilt, two and a half.
0: <laughs> two. <laughs> Give me two and a half. Get greedy, Vanderbilt. Two and a half.
2: All right. Hi, I, uh, we had two more. Uh, Bill Miner says... Too many reviews in basketball. Yes. Guys, I'm curious as to your opinion about the incessant amount of reviews of college basketball that seem to be present these days. Of all the sports to review, it's the most disruptive and just as ticky-tacky as football to assess fouls. Yeah. I get the flagrant and technical distinctions, but call those on the fly, not by stopping play possibly minutes later to investigate. If you were in mm. charge, what would, if anything – Would be reviewed in college basketball. Games are starting to drag similar to football. I agree with Bill Miner 100%. There's nothing I dislike more than a foul fest and the officials are coming over putting the stupid headsets on to watch some replay. And then they're like, oh, no, it was not. Like, I, yeah, player safety is important. I don't want anybody to get hurt, but some of this stuff is just like, I, if a guy's on a breakaway layup and somebody in the other team like hacks him and absolutely kills him, just go ahead and call an intentional foul. Let him shoot the foul shots. We don't need to have a replay about it. Just do it. Yeah, I, no, you know, absolutely. I agree absolutely. with Bill. It's 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 disrupting the game. Again, the the Alabama game and the Kentucky game the other night were almost two and a half hours. Good grief. Yeah. All right. Well, last listener question from mm-hmm. Jared. Friend Uh-oh. of the podcast who Ooh. says, and I told you we we're coming back to this because this is Jared's question. Question for tonight. I know it's not barbecue time yet, so revisions can certainly be made between here and there. But based on what we know now, what do you honestly think Alabama's record will be in the coming season? And, and to help you with this question, I'm going to read you Alabama's schedule. Oh, here we go. Ready? Let's do it. <clears throat> Home game, Western Kentucky. That's a win. Home game, South Florida. Road game That's at win. Wisconsin. Oh. Uh, I, I'm going I'm to give them the win, but... Mm. Home game, <coughs> Georgia. <laughs> oh. No! There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, you could cheer for the Asteroid that day. Yeah, uh, home 3-1. Ga- home at Vanderbilt. Okay, 4-1. Uh, home game, South Carolina. 5-1. At Tennessee i might say
0: six, uh, five and two there. All
2: right, home Missouri, six and two.
0: Man, this is kind
2: of at seven. LSU, six and three. Mercer,
0: seven and three, unless it's that Mercer team that we played. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's no, uh, there's no what's his name to come in and save him.
2: At Oklahoma, S-
0: seven and four. Auburn. Oh, but it's in Tuscaloosa, you can hold so that one. all right, all right, so. I, if I give them either Tennessee or LSU, they're nine and three, but there's that nine point five.
2: yeah, I, I like nine and three. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good call. That was a good question from Jerry. again, there's a lot we don't know. yeah, long way from here to there, but the roster is clearly not the same coaching staff, not on the same planet. Um, so I think the nine and three is uh, yeah, that's it. It's, it's what I'm thinking right now, but it would be, it'd be flat f- It would be joyous if it was less than that. Oh, I
0: just can't wait. I want it so bad to all come to a crashing in the very first year after he's gone. Well, let's fire up the Mobile and get a couple of things.
1: Let's take a trip around the FTC.
2: Oh, it's the worst Well, This is a big one. You hear that, Elizabeth?
0: So... Not a really a big one, but uh, what's going on around the SEC? There's a South Carolina tidbit.
2: Yeah, South Carolina hired away Georgia State's head coach, who had been a South Carolina assistant for a long time, for years. Uh, you know, this week, Sa- and Georgia State had already started spring practice. Oh, wow. So his team was in spring practice, and he's like, "Nah, I'm leaving to take a tight ends coaching job in the SEC. See, there we go again. With this is like
0: I've I can't remember a season where more head coaches took non-head
2: coaching jobs. I been think several. part of what it's going on is I think the the power schools have looked around and said we're not hiring small school head coaches anymore. We'd rather hire a coordinator from a big school. Mm. You'd rather hire the defensive coordinator from Georgia, or Alabama, or the offensive coordinator from Texas or whatever, then or you know, not Texas, but Oklahoma or whatever, than you would the, you know, the head coach at Buffalo. And yeah. That's why the head coach at Buffalo is a position coach on Alabama staff.
0: That's interesting. Well there's that. There's the South Alabama guy. There's mm-hmm. uh, Kelly that went to South to Ohio State. And now this yeah. guy, that's at least 4 I'm just that's crazy. yep. It's, yeah. it's, it's weird.
2: A, it's a new career move, yeah. How about that? And then uh, Georgia's wide receiver coach also left, for, like uh, for an NFL job. McClendon, he was a good recruiter for them, and a, you know a, mm. did a good job with that group, so he'll be missed. And then you know Alabama, a couple we laughed last week about Ryan Grubb leaving uh, to take to an NFL job right after the window closed, and they hired Nick Sheridan, who was the tight ends coach at Washington, and had been on the staff with. DeBoer at Indiana to be the new offensive coordinator at Alabama. You have a great line about that. Well, I mean, Alabama is assembling the Indiana football coaching staff from five years ago. Literally. <laughs> like the the guy, the South Alabama guy was on that staff with him Please too. Please So it's like it worked for Indiana so it's definitely going to work for Alabama. Uh, oh,
0: wow. Well, I mean I, I, that's how they ended I, up with uh, Penix, right?
2: Yeah, because they Grub uh, mm-hmm. went to Washington, and you know uh, DeBoer went to Washington, and and Pennix knew knew them and was comfortable with them and transferred. So I, you know, listen, Nick Sheridan might be the second coming of Bill Walsh or whatever, but I don't think so, and I think he's probably a big downgrade from Grub. Yeah. so this is good. news. Oh,
0: you got gotta hate it, man. I feel bad for Alabama. Gosh, poor guy. I'm pretty sure that he, that Nick Sheridan used to be the commander of Babylon 5. Oh, that's John Sheridan, my bad. Wrong, wrong, wrong his, Sheridan. His brother. Yeah, that his brother that married delenn Oops, spoiler, sorry about that. Um, so you can go fight the shadows on Babylon 5, or you can be the offensive coordinator at Alabama. I think I'll go fight the shadows on Babylon 5 these days. That sounds better. All right, any other uh, news and notes in our abbreviated show tonight? Just an hour and 18 minutes tonight. That's a that's a, that's a fairly that's a, short show for us.
2: Brevity is the soul of wit, and the wit is the soul of brevity. No, I got it. Either way.
0: You had it right first.
2: Though. Enjoy the basketball season. You never know what it's going to turn like it did the other day. But uh, uh, yep. I think we're all going to enjoy having a day off on Wednesday and not have a game. So we'll be fired up for Saturday.
0: And I should have put this in our show notes for tonight, but it gives us something to put in for next time. So go ahead, if you would, sir, as keeper of and custodian of the holy agenda of our show in the show notes. I want to have a conversation next week, so you guys tune in for this. I want to have a conversation with you next week about what should we expect from Auburn basketball, and when we lose a game like this, should we say, well, you know – you got to enjoy it while it's around or should we have higher standards has in other words has bruce raised the floor to the point that we should expect not for
2: that to happen i want to have this conversation next week i'm in 100 percent because here's the other thing that i see fans that are like well if we didn't win the national title it's a failure right and i'm you know who you sound like Kentucky fans. Oh my gosh, yeah.
0: But on the other hand, there's the fans that 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 let everything go by on the grounds of, well, it's not Tony Barbie. We're better than we used to be. Yeah, and and I feel like there's a happy medium between those two, and that's what I so want to talk about. So
2: we have right. to find that happy medium next week.
0: Yeah, we do. And and if you if listeners want to throw in some emails and comments about it, we'd love to have more meat, you know, more grist for the mill, as they say.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, if you have thoughts about what is the happy medium, problem basketball, send it to us at uh, aewishbone at gmail.com.
0: Again, the, the the happy medium being on the one hand. Uh, we expect to win the national championship, and we're disappointed if we lose any games. And on the other hand, we should be thankful that we're not still what we were a few years ago. And, there, I, again, there's, there seems to be another option, a C option, between those two somewhere in there. So we'll see. All right, gang, our time is up. We thank you for yours. War Eagle, John. It, man.
1: Thanks for listening to the AU Wishbone. Find links to everything we do at www.auwishbone.com. For more Auburn fun, join us on Twitter at @auwishbone and at facebook.com/auwishbone. War Eagle.
0: The AU Wishbone is produced by Van Allen Plexico and John Ringer. Copyright 2020. This has been a White Rocket Entertainment production. Next time that AT&T van's out there, I'm just going to go out there, walk up, and punch the guy in the face.
2: Thank you for listening to the AU Wishbone Podcast.